You're listening to Wait On Purpose Podcast, the show for single women who want to overcome emotional discomfort with being single, understand the fear of being alone, and transform it to self-love while celebrating this season with joy, purpose, and passion. Each week, we'll explore topics on how to optimize your season of singleness and become who you want to attract. Now, here's your host, Tracy Noel, the introverted empath. Hey loves, welcome back to another episode of Wait on Purpose. I'm Tracy Noel. Thanks for joining me. So, it's 2020. Do you feel the shift of energy in this new year, right? I don't know. It's just it just feels a little different. And I think this is like anytime the new year comes in, it just usher really this fresh and hopeful and optimistic type of energy that, okay, it's time for me to make some goals and crush them. And, you know, it just brings on this newness. But for some reason, this new decade um, has me really, really, really feeling hopeful and optimistic and just good. I feel good, right? I know that I've planted some seeds the last decade and I have been watering them and nurturing them. So I feel more hopeful than I have ever felt in my entire life. And I am so serious. Um, And you know, social media got this little, or they had this little, um, Thing going or this activity where you compare 2009 to 2019, the 10-year decade challenge. And so back in 2009, um, I was not in a good space. And on my birthday this past December 4th, I was a little bit hard on myself because I had set some goals um, in the beginning of the year and I had not reached them. So I was feeling a little, I was feeling a little ways about that. Um, And when I did this challenge, it kind of made me feel better. It actually, it did make me feel better knowing that I have come so far and not only like physically, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Like I have seen and felt this huge shift in who I am and my paradigm, everything. And so that challenge really put me into this reflection state because usually on my birthday, I reflect on the last year. But to be able to go back 10 years and go and say, okay, 2009, Tracy, you were sleeping in storage units in the hallway of you storing with your son. You were from pillar to post. You were in homeless shelters. You were in a domestic violence situation that almost cost you your life. Do you remember that dark space? 2019, no where near that space and would never go back. Would never go back because what I have learned within these 10 years 
You know, when you keep on repeating the same thing because you have not learned the lesson, I can truly say that I am going into 2020 with wisdom, not with knowledge, not with information, not from reading books, but I have applied everything that I have read, everything that I have learned, not everything, but majority of the things. And I am now wise because I have applied it consistently and I have seen the results. So this decade is just bringing on that type of energy like Tracy. You have been through hell and back. It's nothing that I can go through this year that is going to crush me, right? Or keep me down for too long. I feel like I have been through it. Maybe not been through it all, but I have been through so much that it has built this this courage, this strength in me that can't be, it can't be denied. And so I hope that um, everyone else, I hope that you are feeling this new energy, this new strength, um, this hopefulness, this optimism, um, just, and you just ready to commit to every goal that you have set within those last 10 years that you did not reach because of fear, because of lack of resources, because of lack of support, because of um, fear of being criticized, of judged, not being worthy, whatever has held you back from your goals within the last 10 years, I hope and pray that you tackle them, crush them this year. This year, this is our year. We're going to awaken our divine feminine. We're getting our finances in order. We're building more healthy relationships, right? We're strengthening our connection with our higher power, right? We're writing the books. We are starting the businesses. We're releasing the pounds. We're doing it this year. We ain't, ain't no more excuses. Ain't no more excuses, sis. And so that's how I feel. This decade has brought on this uh, feeling of non-negotiable. Everything that I have set out to do will get done. It's non-negotiable. That's my term for the year. That and reaping. Because I have planted some powerful seeds this last decade. And so that's how I'm feeling. So I wanted to shift this podcast. I know I've been talking about a lot of spiritual things. Um, we've been really focusing on self-care, self-love, things that are um, helping us to build from within. So today's episode, I wanted to talk about some more uh, tangible things, um, things that you can really touch, right, um, in that sense. And as you know, I talked about the four courses and what that means to me. Um, in, in our lives. So we know that four courses, four course meal, 
You know, the appetizer is all about self, right? Your self-love, your self-development, self-care, your health and wellness, all goes into the appetizer course. The reason being is because, you know, when you go to a restaurant, the appetizer course is really what gets the party started, right? It, it whets your appetite to want more, right? It's the party starter. And I feel like the more you get a taste of who you really are and start pouring into yourself, you're going to want more out of life, right? You're just going to want more. You're going to feel like you deserve more. And that's when the journey is going to start. Then you have your salad course. And, you know, green, right? Healthy. It's all about your finances, your uh, career, right? Entrepreneurship, anything that um, you are responsible for or obligated to do goes into your salad course, your career, things of that nature. It even goes into your credit worthiness and um, your retirement and just how you make your life more comfortable um, <clears throat> and convenient goes into your salad course. Um, then you have the main course, which is the most important course. It's the meat and potatoes. It's what you go to the restaurant for. It's what your mouth is watering for, that main course. And you can eat the main course by itself. You don't really need the other courses. Um, they are just an added bonus, but the main course is your connection to your higher power. It's your spirituality. It's your religion. It's, um, the, you know, your inner compass. It's your higher self. It's that thing that you connect to that is outside of yourself, right? That keeps you grounded. It's where your values, your morals are housed, right? It's that soul. Um, that's your main course. And then we have the dessert course. And that is the course that makes life sweet, right? Pun intended. It's your interpersonal relationships with your family, with um, platonic relationships, romantic relationships, and even business relationships and connections. So it's all of your ships. You even sprinkle your creativity in your dessert course. Um, and so these four courses um, make up the four major areas of your life that when fed and um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you pay, put in, put more energy into these four courses, then you live a more fuller um, and whole and just, you know, just good life, right? More balanced life, I think is what I'm looking for, Um and so this podcast was created to talk about those four areas um, of our lives that we tend to neglect or one of those areas we're striving in, the other ones we are lacking in, right? And so I wanted to create this podcast to discuss everything that those four areas entails and how as single women that we, what we can do um to focus on those areas, to grow and develop into a better version of ourselves. And this is not 
to get right for a man, but just to get right for ourselves. And for those of us like me who desire to be in a monogamous relationship with a man, um, then, you know, and we're wondering why we have been attracting these knuckleheads and, you know, I feel like when we work on ourselves, then we attract who we are, right? So if we want a man with good finances and an 850 credit score and he's a homeowner and, you know what I'm saying, he, he has a good career and he's retiring and he's responsible and he has a strong connection with his higher power, spiritual, and his relationships are strong, and he's emotionally stable. And like, if we want these things, are we these things as well, right? And so, um, this episode, I am going to talk about finances, budgeting, and things of that nature. Now, I am in no way a financial guru or an expert when it comes to money. I'm not going to even pretend like I am. In fact, I have struggled so much in the past with my finances. I really started thinking that it was meant for me to live in poverty and to live paycheck to paycheck because it was just one of those areas that I really, really struggled in. Like, I really struggled in. And I feel like it's it was because I didn't have a firm grip on financial literacy, the basics of it, right? I knew how to earn money. I always kept a job. I was always able to hustle and get money and earn it. But when it came to growing it and saving it, I sucked in it. And it kept me... Um, Again, living in poverty, living paycheck to paycheck, struggling, scratching and surviving, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And so um, once I start educating myself more um, this past decade and really, really strongly this past two years, um, I really started to see a shift. So I wanted to share those things with you guys. And, you know, let's face it, problems hit different when you broke, right? You got problems when you're rich, you got problems when you're poor, but when you broke, those problems hit differently, right? And in this society, your worth is based on how much money you have, what you look like and who you know, things of that nature, right? So my lack of it, my lack of money really kept me in this space of feeling stuck, um, unworthy sometimes, and even enslaved, right? And while I know now that my worth is not based on how much money or material objects I possess, I know that now. And it took me some time to shift my paradigm to that. I do, however, understand that financial security, financial stability, it comes with this one type of freedom that just can't be denied, right? I've had a taste of financial instability and I've gotten to ha- and I've have and I have gotten to have, or I don't know if that even makes sense, but I have 
tasted financial stability and it tastes better. Um, and so it gives you this freedom of just more choices, right? And you know me, I feel like money is an energy. Like I think everything is an energy. And so it's an energy, right? It's an energy and it is a form of value, right? Now we know that you're valuable with or without it. And we also know that money can't buy you joy. That's what I like to say. I say money can't buy you joy, um, but it can buy you more and better choices. And having choices to me is a type of freedom that um, majority of us desire to have. Okay. So wanted to talk about that. And, and you know, and thinking about it, there's nothing, nothing empowering and having to choose to either pay your bills or get your children the things that they ask for, right? There's nothing um, more heartbreaking than telling your five-year-old son or daughter, like, no, money can't afford that right now when you, you know, when they ask you to buy something for them. Um, or what about just wanting to show your children the world, in other cultures outside of where they grew up, outside of the block, right? But not having the money to do that traveling that you want to do, right? For me, that was like being in prison and being enslaved due to my lack of money. And so I'm learning that money is needed to live a halfway decent life, right? A halfway decent life. And again, you have to define that for yourself. It may not be, um, it may not be the same for everyone, but I know there is some of us out here who feel like money is needed to have this type of, one of these type of freedoms of better choices. And to live a life, one of comfort, right? And so the only advice that I've ever received growing up regarding money was don't disrespect money or it would disrespect you, right? Don't disrespect money or it will disrespect you. Now, while this piece of advice speaks volumes, to me now, the person who told me never explained to me when I was young the ways in which money can be disrespected. They never went into details about how I should handle my money, right? And growing up, I have read numerous books and I listened to numerous podcasts and videos and um, went to seminars on financial literacy and workshops from these financial experts or gurus, but I never turned that information that I obtained to actual knowledge and wisdom towards my own financial freedom. And so during my season of singleness, one thing that I couldn't sweep under the rug any longer or live in denial about was my finances and my credit worthiness, right? It's something that I've been running from and I really had to get honest with myself, right? 
I have to get honest with myself and keep it all the way real with myself. And it was three things that was keeping me back from my financial freedom, me personally. Number one, it was my deep-rooted beliefs about money and the role it played in my life, right? How my beliefs affected every choice I made when it came to my to when it came to my finances. So that was number one. Number two was how I budgeted the money that I was earning. Right? It was how I budgeted the money that I was earning. Um, how I was a steward over my finances, the way I manage my money was keeping me back for financial freedom. And the third thing um, was my lack of knowledge about how to save and grow the money that I was earning, right? I didn't know how to save it. I didn't have the discipline, actually, to save it and grow it. So those were the three things. And um, I decided, like, I wanted to leave my children something other than bills, something other than debt. And living paycheck to paycheck and robbing Peter to pay Paul was not going to give me the security that I needed and the life that they deserved, right? Because I was one of those parents who would, I go broke for my children, but I would not get rich for them, which is so crazy to me. I would go broke for them, but not get rich for them. And so something shifted, something had to shift. And I started applying the things that I was reading and learning to my own life, right? I completed the action steps. I took the advice and I stayed consistent with it. And the steps were small, but I start to see that the needle was moving towards my financial freedom. I would set a goal, small goal, and I would reach that goal. And then I would set another one. And I start reaching those goals quicker with less effort. Okay. And so um, I start seeing the needle moving. And so facing this head on, like facing this head on brought up some really ugly truths for me that really kept me crying and regret because I know I have made some really fucked up choices in the past. And I felt like I was so far away from the life that I was visioning for myself and for my children, the life that I knew I deserved, the life that I knew I wanted. And I knew that it would take a lot on my part to begin the steps towards improving this area of my life. I knew it, right? And when you're and when you are in your late 30s, it's really easy to feel like, man, it's too late. It's too late, man. I let too much time pass by. I'm not going to be able to pay catch up. But guess what? It's never too late. Never. In fact, it's so possible. I am telling you this from experience. It's possible to reach your financial goals no matter what they are. No matter what they are. So, in this episode, I'm going to share with you a few nuggets that I've learned 
along the way that has been extremely beneficial to me in major ways um, to where it has shifted my beliefs about money. And my hope in sharing this is that it helps you to start the work towards becoming more financially secure and stable. Um, and let's face it, like becoming financially secure before marriage won't eliminate problems in your marriage or your relationships, um, but money won't be on the top of the list, right? If you um, and the and the person that you're dating or wanting to settle down would have their finances in order, it's just one less stress added to the relationship. Um, and so... My suggestion is to just do the work. There are some 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 little advices here that I would give you um, that would take some time and effort on your part, right? Because you will want to give up and go back to your comfort zone. However, if you do the work, if you give yourself enough grace to even make mistakes, right? Also forgive yourself for the choices you have made in your finances to this point. I guarantee you things will shift in a more positive way and you'll be happy that you started, right? So this is whether you are self-employed, if you're an entrepreneur, if you are an employee bringing in minimum wage or someone bringing in 50000 to 100000 no matter your income bracket, this stuff works, okay? So let's get started, but let's tap into some of the limited beliefs that you may have about money, right? That may be holding you back from the freedom that you deserve, okay? So we all know that our beliefs, what we believe in, determine <clears throat> how we act, what we do, how we feel. It, it, it dictates our behavior because what you believe you do what you believe you say, right? And then what you continuously do, your behavior, there becomes your character and your habits. So our how we go about and how we approach our finances are rooted in our beliefs about money that may have stemmed back from when we were a child and we are subconsciously um, making choices and um, um, do um, making choices and developing these habits because of our beliefs, okay? So we'll go through the beliefs right quick and just see if any of those stand out to you and what have you. But the first belief is money don't grow on trees, right? Money don't grow on trees. Have you ever asked your mother for something and she or your or your father and they say, girl, money don't grow on trees, right? As if money is not in abundance, but it is. Money doesn't necessarily grow on trees, but money is in abundance as the leaves are on the ground, um, on the trees. It's an energy. There's an abundance of money all around us. Infinity. It never ends. Okay. So being told that money don't grow on trees makes you feel like there's not enough of it, right? It can't be grown. <clears throat> Another one is money is the root to all evil. If you've heard this, like I've heard this, subconsciously that will limit you to be like, okay, if money is the root to all evil, I don't want it, 
right? And you can subconsciously block and sabotage yourself from making money if you feel deep down that it is the root to evil. No one wants to be evil. We associate evil with the devil and darkness and bad and hell and things of that nature. So it's it, that will show up in your choices subconsciously. Subconsciously. Um, another belief is money isn't everything. Right? That's the excuse that I used to use. Like, man, money isn't everything. There's more to life than money. And while this is extremely true, money is something. It's not everything, but it's something that will help you have more choices in life. And more choices is a good, wait, wait, wait. More choices is everything. It's freedom, right? Um, Another belief is the rich get richer and the poor gets poorer. If you identify yourself as being poor and you identify those people over there, powers to bees, whatever, celebrities with being rich, then subconsciously you will feel like, man, I'm going to be digging myself deeper and deeper in a hole, more bills, more of this, they're not paying me enough, right? You are going to feel like you are getting poor soon as you pay those bills, right? soon as you pay those bills, you're going to feel like, man, I'm already poor. This is it for me. This is it for me. And every time I pay a bill or every time money is going out, I'm getting more and more poor. Um, another belief is my family has never been rich. For some reason, we feel that because our family or our parents or those before us have been through something, that it automatically means that we have to be that as well. That is not true. Just because your family has never been rich, they have been on welfare, and they have been struggling, don't mean that you can't break that generational curse right now. Maybe it's you that's going to break the generational curse. Because trust me, people or our family, or if you feel like your family um, has been struggling and poor, it's because of lack of knowledge. And so the more we obtain knowledge and apply that, then the more we would know, right? The more we would just know. We know better. And so that's a limit to belief. Well, if my family, this is just how it's been, right? This is how it's always been. We have always been poor. And that will subconsciously keep you stuck, right? And putting yourself in that generational curse, that generational um, mindset. You got to break free from that. Um, Another limit to belief is you have to work too hard to get wealthy, right? You don't have to work too hard. You have to work too smart to get wealthy. It does take discipline. It does take uh, consistency. It does take an effort to get wealthy if that's what you want to do or what to become. Yes, it's going to take you stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I think when people say 
you have to work too hard. I think what they're saying is that I have to step outside of my comfort zone. And that is scary, right? That's the unknown. So if you feel like it's too hard, then you're not going to want to take those risks. You're not going to want to put the effort in that it takes to increase your finances, right? It, it, it does take work, but it doesn't mean that it's hard work. It's more smart and strategic work. Does that make sense? Um, another one is more money, more problems. That's a limited belief. And Puff Daddy, what he said, I don't know what they want from me. It's like the more money we come across, the more problems we see. Ah. Uh, it's not more problems, in my opinion. It's different problems. It's different problems because I feel like when you're poor, you got problems. When you're rich, you got problems. It's just part of being life, right? It's part of the human experience. However, the more money you have, I feel like it comes with a whole nother set of problems that you may not have had when you didn't have the money right? But you had problems, right? And like I said, problems hit a little bit different when you're broke, right? But they all, I mean, I know they say new level, new devil, right? It's just new problems. But the more money you have does not come, does not increase your problems. It just gives you a different type of problems. Um, another limited belief is um, money can't buy happiness. And like I said, um, money can't buy happiness. Um, to me, it can't buy joyfulness. Because joy, joy, being joyful is like this. Um, it's like something that can't be taken away, right? Like when you're joyful about life, then it's something that is a forever internal type of thing, right? It's not affected by what's outside of you. It's something that you feel in the inside. It's an inner peace. Happiness, however, is a very fleeting type of emotion. And you can be happy one minute and not the next. So when you have money and you swipe that card or you put that money down on something that you really, really want or you travel and do things that you really want to do, there is this happiness that comes with that. It may slowly fizz out, but at that moment, it can buy you happiness. If you want to really, really look at it like that. Because again, happiness is a fleeting emotion. It comes and it goes. So it can't buy you joy, right? Because that's an internal self type of thing. But it can buy you happiness. So when you have that limited belief that, man, money can't buy me happiness, then subconsciously um, you will block yourself from making money. It can buy you happiness. And then the happiness leaves, right? So we're not striving, we're not striving for the pursuit of happiness. We should be striving for the pursuit of joyfulness. 
that's where our pursuit should come. Um, another limited belief is uh, it takes a lot of money to start a business, right? A lot of us want to be entrepreneurs, but we're so fearful that it's going to take a lot of money when you can... Uh, I've read so many... If we read how entrepreneurs, people who are millionaires, if we start to read their stories, then we can start seeing ourselves in them to know that anything is possible, right? It takes a lot of resources. It may take a lot of um, stability, um, discipline, consistency to start a business. But some people start businesses with that, with, with the most minimum money. Doesn't have to be a million dollars to start a, a million dollar company. It starts with determination, with faith, with consistency, right? With discipline, with resources. And that is all around us. That's something that money can't buy that's something that you can get with five dollars in your pocket right but it, it it does take work to start a business it's not easy right social media instagram facebook has made us think that starting a business and having your own company and being your own boss and entrepreneurship is this easy feat, but it is not. It does take work, but it doesn't take a lot of money. It does take some money. You do need money to make money, but it doesn't take a lot of money. That's a defeatist type of mindset. And the last one is I'm broke, right? I'm broke. We all have... We've all have um, had that or said that before. I can't do it. I'm broke. I'm broke. But as you know, words are extremely powerful. And you can speak life or death over your life, over your children's lives, right? So three phrases to eliminate from your vocabulary now. Number one, I can't afford it. Number two, I'm broke. And number three, I spend money. And you may want to replace it with, I can afford it, but there's a limited delay right now. Right? Just the way you word it. Or... I'm not broke, I have more than enough. Or not, I spend money, I circulate money. Because when you spend money, that's it, it's, there's no coming, it, it doesn't come back. But when you circulate, right, it comes in and it, it goes out, but it comes right back in. And again, here's why. Words are powerful and there is power in your tongue, point blank. And what you constantly speak over your life will find ways to eventually manifest in your life. 
okay? Because we don't create abundance. Abundance, abundance is always present. What we do is we create limitations on it. We create limitations, okay? So those are just some of the limited beliefs that we may have. Of course, there's millions more, but it starts with what you believe about money, what you have been taught about money that's going to affect how you approach it and um, how you manage it, okay? That's one thing that I have learned. Shifted my paradigm, shifted my beliefs, and it has shifted um, how I manage money, how I am a steward over my finances, okay? All right, so let's get started on budgeting, right? Because we know that budgeting is a very is an essential part of um, a very healthy financial life, right? Because it allows you to create um, a spending plan for your money just to ensure that you always have enough for the things that truly matter and that are important, right? So again, these tips that I've learned over time through experience and from experts, and um, I wanted to share them with you, okay? When you budget, not only do you get out of debt more faster, but you also achieve what your saving goals over time, and you ultimately become an expert in smart spending or smart circulation, right? So you want to start small and just make very easy tweaks to your money routine, and over time you will notice a powerful change. Um. So I'm going to share these day-to-day -day budgeting tips, but one of them that I want to start off with is one, one thing that has been working for me, and I'll revisit it um, in a little bit, but every week, um, taking out cash instead of swiping my debit card or my credit card, but well, I don't have credit cards, but swiping my debit card instead i just take i budget for that week and say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna spend this amount of money this week and i take it out in cash and i don't know it's, it, it just helps me better when i am spending cash because i get to see exactly how much money i'm spending opposed to swiping it you don't see it so you just like okay huh swipe right and so cash to me is like swipe or no more swiping, <laughs> no more swiping. Um, you get to peel those 20s off and say, wow, okay, this is a lot of money, right? You can feel it, it's in your hand. Also, just establishing your needs versus your wants. This is one thing that I've learned from um, Tiffany the Budgetista. If you know of her, she's great. Um, I've taken a lot of her challenges. That's what that those were some of the things that spearheaded my um, and and how I manage money and how I look at money. Um, so she talked about establishing needs versus wants. Right? We know needs are anything that is crucial for you and your family, um, physical, mental, and financial well-being. Right? Food, rent debt, um, repayment, right? That's a need, actually, um, especially if, um, especially if there is a debt that is keeping you up at night, stressing you out, that is, um, that is, um, causing your credit 
um, to be low to where you can't get the things that you really, really want. So that is a need in, in a sense of a way. Um, insurance, right? Bills, things of that nature. Those are your needs. Um, so you always factor these in your budget. And then everything else falls in the wants category, right? Um, Netflix, right? Those things that we want, but we don't necessarily need. We don't necessarily need. You also want to consider the 50-30-20 rule. Um, and the 50-30-20 rule is um, where you put 50% of your income towards your necessities. Again, like your housing, your bills, your insurance, things of that nature. Then 20% should then go towards like financial goals. Like again, paying off your debt, saving for retirement, things of that nature. And then 30% of your income can be allocated to your wants, right? Like dining or entertaining, things of that nature. And the reason why um, it works is because if you're not really sure on where to start with a budget, when you break it up into these basic categories, um, it can help create a balance between your obligations, your goals, and your uh, splurges, okay? Um, another one is, um, that's one tip. Uh, the second tip is use separate accounts. Now, this has really, really, really helped for me. Um, for example, um, I have separate accounts. One of those accounts um, I use to pay my 50% um, items, right? I use those to pay my 50% items, my rent, my bills, my insurance, things that I know that... Um, that I need my essentials. That's one bank. And then I have uh, a bank for my 20%, right? And it's not a brick and mortar. It's an account that I don't have easy access to. It's actually an online account. Um, you can go, there's so many online accounts from Discover to Capital One, and they have some very high APRs uh, or APY. So that's one of the reasons to invest in it because as your money is sitting in it, it's also building more um, interest opposed to your traditional banks. Um, those saving accounts, <laughs> don't let me talk about them, right? Um, so they have a, 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 a more um, interest yielding um, percentage. So that's why I use those banks. But I allocate automatically from my my check so it's like a direct deposit into that account i don't even see it until i get a statement i'm like wow okay you're doing a little sum sum right because you forget about it you know like the italians forget about it and you just automatically allocate those funds in there um and I don't even have a debit card to it. In fact, it takes like 24 hours for them to shift, you know, for them to um, put my funds or um, <clears throat> transfer those funds to me. And so if it's something that I really don't need, it gives me time to like 
think about it like, okay, but if it's something that I really, really think I need, um, then of course it's going to take 24 hours for me to get it. However, I also have a 30% um card and that's just with rush it's like a prepaid card i get um direct deposit directly into that as well and those for those non-essential things and things that may come up um and so just having those separate accounts i know it's three accounts it works for me it may not work for everyone else but it works for me and so when i get my paycheck 50% of that paycheck is put into one, 20% is shipped off into that savings account that I don't even know exists, right? It's it's building money. It has that high APY. Um, That's good. And then I have that little prepaid card, right, which helps me get my check a little bit later or earlier than most because, you know, they put your money on there maybe like 24, 48 hours before your check. And so those are things that I use, again, for the non-essential things. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's one um, tip is just to use um, separate accounts and delegate a certain amount of your check to automatically go into those accounts. Okay. Um, Number three is prioritizing debt. Again, not a lot of people feel like debt is a need. And you may think of a vacation when you think of saving or that car or that home. Good. But also saving to pay off some of the debts, like I said, that may be hindering your credit or keep you stressing at night should also be a priority, don't you think? Most definitely. Um, Number four is divide your food into two categories. Food takes up a very significant percentage of our income. And if you're like me, I enjoy cooking for my family, but sometimes I also like taking my family out to a nice restaurant or ordering a pizza when I just don't have the time to cook or when I just don't feel like it. And so dividing my food budget into groceries to cook at home and eating out helps me to stay on track and motivates me also to cook more healthy for my family. So if I want to put out a certain amount towards, you know, Wendy's or ordering pizza or maybe want to sit down at a nice restaurant just kind of for the atmosphere, um, that I have that already in my budget. And once that has been depleted, then I know that it's time for me to cook, right? It's time for me to start cooking. Even when it comes to bringing in my lunch, I would allocate maybe a f- one Friday to kind of go out and treat myself, um, to a lunch, but nine out of 10, I'm bringing in my own lunch, making my own salads at home. Um, it just saves me more money. Okay. Um, <clears throat> number five is to budget in fun. Right, because when you know you have a little wiggle room to go see a movie, to go buy a new outfit or new shoes or get that facial, right? get that massage, then you're more likely to succeed with sticking to your budget, right? So you want to budget in family night. If you know that you and your family, like, you know, if you want you and your family to spend more time together, have more fun together, 
budget and that money for that. Okay? Do it at the beginning of the month. Okay, maybe we want to go to Lucky Stripes or maybe we want to go see, you know, some movies that are coming out. You know, I know it's going to take, it's going to be that much money. So budget that out in the beginning so that, again, you're not struggling to enjoy life as well. Um, what else? Number six. Um, I want to say save first, then spend. Most people spend first and save whatever they have left. Uh, most people were me, okay? But I thought this made it hard for me to save on a consistent basis. So just allocating a specific amount through direct deposit into a banking account that you can't see or that you can't touch will allow you to save more money, right? There's also some great apps that helps you to save every time you even swipe your debit card or credit card. <clears throat> so we have the resources out here to help us. And Warren Buffett says, and I quote, do not save what is left after spending. Instead, spend what is left after saving. And this advice is coming from a billionaire, billionaire. So you can't argue with that, right? You can argue with me. <laughs> But you can't argue with him. Um, another advice, um, take a day and observe it for a no-spend day where no money is going out except for what is necessary. Don't spend any money on just one day. Nothing. Not a piece of gum, not a, a coffee, nothing. And see what that does for you. Um, and just use your tools and your resources. There are so many tools and apps available for us now to help keep us on track. You get notifications on your phone just like you get from Facebook and Instagram, right? You get these notifications. Budgeting apps like NeuroWallet and Mint are great apps to help you stay on top of your game and keep track of money that you're spending on shopping or essentials, non-essentials, things of that nature. Um, and even with these uh, big banks such as Bank of America or Chase, they also have these great budgeting and tracking tools to help you stay empowered about where you or where your money is going, right? So those are just some really small budgeting day-to-day -day tips. Please share more if you have more um, <clears throat> with me in the comments below, right? There are so many other small tips that would just move the needle towards financial stability, right? It may not be this big shift, right, quickly, but it starts to move the needle and that is something that I have witnessed personally. I no longer live paycheck to paycheck and it's a very good feeling to be able to say, yes, son, you can have that, but how are you going to earn it, right? How are you going to earn it? So what are your financial goals for 2020? Choose goals that will help you earn, save, and grow. And make these goals concrete by writing them down, mapping out the steps, 
and breaking the steps into bite-sized pieces that you can take right away. You want to set those SMART goals, right? Those specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound goals. I like to set 90-day goals, one-year goals, five-year goals, and 10-year goals, right? I call them short-range and long-range goals, something that I have learned from Jim Rohn. If you don't know who he is, please YouTube that man, Google him, and listen to what he has to say. Makes so much sense. Intelligent, um, wise man, Jim Rohn, that's R-O-H-N, okay? Because financial goals should be meticulous and well thought out, right? Many of us, like me, again, very good at earning but fall short of saving, right? Fall short of saving. Some of us have earning and saving down, but just don't know how to grow our money. And what I've learned about wealthy people is that they are great with earning, saving, and growing their money. So not only are they great producers, they are also great protectors. And that's what we are going to strive for and thrive in this year, ladies. We are getting our finances back in order. We are becoming better steward over our money, right? So that we can do the things not only that we need to do, but what we want to do. And especially if you are a mother, single mother, do you know, you know it feels good to be able to give your children the world, right? To give them the world, to travel and help them to see different things right? Have those better choices in health, health insurance and life insurance and um, the quality of where we stay, the neighborhoods, right? Um, the schools, like just have better choices is the goal. It's the freedom that being financially stable and savvy will bring us. Okay, so I hope this was helpful for anyone and everyone who has listened. Any, if you have anything else to share, um, please, what has been working for you? Share it in the comments below. Um, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Um, still in season one, season two is coming and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, if you are, um, if you have been following my podcast, um, then I have been telling you the direction of season two. Very excited. Um, if you are, if you want to be a guest on my podcast, please contact me at steppingtotheplate at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and so that is it. Again, you are not single for nothing. This is all purposely, divinely orchestrated so that you can build, grow, learn, and heal who you are in this season. So continuously walk in your true divinity and your true personal power unapologetically do not dim your light for nobody for nada this new decade
Okay, I'm rooting for you. And until next time, love, peace, and light. Get that money. <laughs> love this episode on Wait on Purpose? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time.